Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. We read from John's Gospel, chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired man, who is not a shepherd, does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. Because he works for money, he does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I also have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This is the commission I received from my Father. This is the gospel of our Lord, we pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Fellow redeemed friends in Christ Jesus, our good shepherd. Good is one of those kind of throwaway words, isn't it? A five-cent word we use countless times on a daily basis without ever really thinking too much about it. Your spouse or your child may come walking into the house and you ask him, how was work? How was school? Good. Well, is that all you have to say? Uh, back when sports teams could actually shake hands after they're done playing their game, you would walk through the line saying, good game, good game, good game, even though obviously for one team it, it wasn't that good because you lost. Many of you asked me, how was your vacation? I said, good. It's kind of a bland word though, isn't it? Kind of vague, not very descriptive. For example, when I said that our vacation was good, that did not describe to you how a certain dad left his child all alone on an elevator in a 21-story high-rise. That wasn't good. That wasn't good. Today, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. But what does that mean? If we study scripture and, and see how it describes Jesus as our shepherd, we may second-guess that, that Jesus is actually a good shepherd when we see who he is and, and where he leads us and, and what he does for us. We may wonder how good he actually is at this shepherding business. Now, don't get me wrong, sheep need a shepherd. For a long time, I think I've even spoken from this pulpit, I was under the assumption that, that sheep are dumb and that's why they need a shepherd to guide them. But Doing a little research, reading from some actual shepherds in, in real life, and, and just doing a survey of Scripture and how it speaks about sheep, sheep aren't really dumb. I think a more accurate description of them would be another D word, dependent. They are very dependent. Isn't that how King David described himself? King David, who was a shepherd himself, but he also described himself as a sheep in Psalm 23, right? dependent on the Lord for everything. He needed the Lord to guide him to green pastures and beside quiet waters and to guide him through life with his rod and his staff and to provide food for him and to bless him and to carry him into everlasting life. He needed him for everything. 
Of course, David rooted those analogies, those pictures, in his own experience as a shepherd. He knew that in Palestine there are poisonous weeds that grow there that will kill the sheep if they eat them. He knew that a shepherd has to either lead them away from those poisonous plants or, or pull them all out so that the sheep don't eat them and harm themselves. He knew how dangerous a, a swiftly running river is to a sheep if it were to fall in. I mean, imagine, imagine trying to go swimming wearing a heavy woolen sweater. That's, that's what happens to a sheep if it falls into water. They can swim, but it's not easy. It puts their life in danger. David knew that sheep are defenseless. They don't have long claws or sharp fangs. They're not fast. They're not stealthy. They make pretty easy targets for wolves. And as Jesus said, even if the wolves can't actually kill the sheep, they, they scatter them. And when sheep are scattered out in the, the big, wide, dangerous world, they're, they're just as likely to die as they are at the fangs of a wolf. We are the sheep. As Isaiah says, we all like sheep have gone astray, and each of us has turned to his own way. We are the sheep who are in desperate need of the shepherd to protect us. Who is the shepherd? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now that, that sounds pretty innocent, pretty straightforward to our ears, but it wouldn't have sounded that way to Jesus' original audience, which included the Jewish leaders. You see, Jesus said in the Greek, Ego I me, I, I am. You recognize that from the Old Testament? Jesus is staking a huge claim here. He is, he is boldly and directly offending the Jewish leaders. He is saying, I'm the same one who back, way back in that burning bush spoke to Moses and said, you should tell the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. He is equating himself with Yahweh of the Old Testament, the Lord. He's saying that he is God. And even more than that, he's saying, I have come to fulfill the, the promise the Lord made through the prophet Ezekiel. This, this promise. This is what the Lord God says. I am against the shepherds. I will remove my flock from their hand. I will remove them from taking care of the sheep. And no longer will those shepherds take care of themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths so that they can, will no longer be food for them. Jesus is sending a shot right across the bow of these supposed shepherds, leaders, spiritual leaders of the sheep and saying, you have failed. You have abused the flock of the Lord that he placed under your care. How had how they done this? By their legalism. By their focus on work righteousness. By their man-centered religion rather than centering it on God and His grace. They had burdened the people and beaten them down. And, and you know what? They got rich doing it. Forcing the people to bring their tithes and their offerings and their sacrifices. They were hypocrites. Fleecing the sheep. Jesus says it's so bad that I had to come down from heaven. The Lord, the God of the heavens, had to come down to earth in human flesh and blood to save his people. To take them out of the hands of those worthless hired men who didn't care at all about the sheep except what they could get from them. That's who our shepherd is. He is Yahweh. He is the Lord. Is that a good thing? 
Because we know how else the Lord describes himself and what he is capable of, right? The Lord is the one who created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. The Lord is the one who destroyed the earth and all of its inhabitants except for eight in the days of Noah. The Lord is the one who plagued Egypt and killed its firstborn. The Lord is the one who descended on Mount Sinai in thunder and lightning, terrifying the people. No one can see the Lord and live. And yet at the same time, Psalm 139 tells us that the Lord is everywhere. There's nowhere you can hide from his presence. He sees everything you've ever thought, said, and done. The Lord is inescapable and he says, I will threaten and I will punish the children of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. That's who the Lord is. Is it a good thing to have him as our shepherd? What does he do? What does the Lord do and where does he lead us? I think there are times in all of our lives where we question our Lord's shepherding ways, how wise he is, right? Where we question, is this really the best thing for me, Lord? And that's, that's very biblical too, right? You know, Jesus says here, I'm going to save my, shepherd from, my sheep from the, the wolves. But in another place, in Matthew 10, he says, look, I'm, I'm sending you out as sheep into the wolf pack. That seems very strange. Psalm 44 says that we are sheep, and we are sheep that have been assigned to be slaughtered. That doesn't sound very good. Even consider Psalm 23. David says, the Lord doesn't lead us around or, or over or away from the valley of the shadow of death, but right dead through it. Yes, he feeds us. He sets a table for us in the middle of our enemies. Is that a good thing? Strange how our supposedly good shepherd leads us sometimes, right? And you, you understand what that means. He's always leading you. From the moment you were baptized, you were baptized into his flock, and he's always been leading you, not just through the happy times, not just through the green pastures and the quiet waters. He leads you into the hardest times of your life. When you are suffering, financially, emotionally, economically, when you are in pain, when you wonder where in the world is God, he's there, he's leading you right into those places, into those valleys of the shadow of death where, where the wolves are, are all around you, snapping at you, where you feel like you are being slaughtered. Jesus is doing the leading. He's leading you through those places. Still, it seems kind of strange, right, for a good shepherd to do that, to to throw his flock to the wolf pack? What kind of a shepherd does that? To, to lead his flock through a valley that's filled with death on all sides? Good? That's not good. To say to sheep who, who he's raising for their wool, well, guess what? Tomorrow you and you and you, you're all going to be slaughtered. That's a good shepherd? That's our good shepherd? That's Jesus? Strange. What makes him good? doesn't seem very good from this description that we have of him. Remember, in this section, Jesus is differentiating himself from the hired hands, the, the ones who don't really care about the sheep, who only do it 
for what they can gain from the sheep. And, and how does Jesus say that he's different? How does he say that he is good? Well, you know how if you want to get a point across, you repeat yourself, right? Did you catch a phrase that Jesus repeated five times in our text? I lay down my life for the sheep. That's what distinguishes Jesus from the hired hands who, who don't care about the sheep, who, who mislead them and abuse them for their own gain. Actually, the Greek is even more vivid. In the, in the original Greek, Jesus says, I lay down my life in place of the sheep, instead of the sheep. Jesus isn't just like a soldier who goes to war for his nation and maybe lays down his life in that war. He lays down his life in our place as our substitute. He dies the death that we deserve. Why? Why, Why did our shepherd need to do that? Well, because as we said before, we are sheep who have gone astray. We have of our own will wandered away from our Heavenly Father, disobeying Him, rebelling against Him at every turn. And death is what we deserve. Somebody had to die for those sins. Somebody had to die for when we deviated from the the narrow path that the Lord established for us to walk, somebody had to suffer God's wrath and endure hell. And it really should have been us. But it wasn't. Jesus suffered. Jesus endured his Father's wrath. Jesus endured the torments of hell in our place as our substitute. That is what he is telling us distinguishes him as good from the worthless, useless, self-serving hired men that are out there. If you take a step back, though, even that, is that good? Is that what a good shepherd should do? Lay down his life? Shouldn't Shouldn't the shepherd, if he's really good, kill the enemies of the sheep and not be killed by them? Doesn't a a dead shepherd just make the sheep easy targets for their enemies now? What good is a dead shepherd? Don't we often wish that Jesus hadn't laid down his life? That he was still alive to to shepherd us personally through this world? That that he would be here personally to, to lead us to green pastures and beside quiet waters? That he would he would provide everything we need for a, a pleasant easy life in this world. Don't we often think it'd be nice to have Jesus still here uh, guiding us with his rod and his staff? And, and you know what we often want, right? Just make the hard decisions for me, Lord. I don't want to make them. Tell me where I should go and I'll go. Wouldn't that be nice if he was here to do that for us? Wouldn't it be nice if he was here to, to heal us, all of our problems, all of our woes, so that life would just be a little bit easier? And you think that may be far-fetched, but That's exactly the kind of Jesus that is sold in so many churches across our world today. A Jesus who lives to do nothing more than make your life in this world more pleasant and easy and enjoyable. The promise is that if you join Jesus' flock, he will make your life good and it will be all green pastures and quiet waters and you'll never have a worry in the world. And don't we sometimes tend to think that way, that if Jesus is really good and he's really leading me, that's what my life should be like too? What good is a dead shepherd? But here's the key, right? Four weeks ago, 
we announce, Jesus announced, the angels announced, the disciples announced, our shepherd's not dead. He's alive. And that's what Jesus himself says. He says, this is why the Father loves me. Because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. Is it becoming clear now how Jesus is really good as our good shepherd? Our sins stood as an impenetrable barrier between God and us. And if you look back to the Old Testament, it's so clear. From, from the architecture of the tabernacle and the temple to the, the sacrifices that God determined must be brought every single day for sin and for guilt, to the fact that the only one who was actually allowed into the presence of God was the, the high priest, and he could only do it on one day, and he could only do it on one day if he did it the right way, and if he was cleansed and brought the right sacrifices. But all that meant is that apart from Jesus, God isn't going to listen to us. He is what many people think he is, that, that distant, angry God who just can't wait to lower his heel on you like a child would crush an ant. Apart from Jesus, that is the only God we can know. One who is angry with us and who wants us to spend eternity in hell because apart from Jesus, that's what we deserve. But Jesus, by his life and death and resurrection, has cut through that barrier. You know, you remember on Good Friday when the, t the curtain in the temple was torn, opening up God's presence to everyone, even to sinners like us. That's what Jesus came here to do. That's how he is good He's not dead, but he did have to die. He did have to die so that he could rise. And more than that, so that he could continue to be our good shepherd. This is what Paul writes about what Jesus is doing still for us. Christ Jesus who died and more than that was raised to life is the one who is at God's right hand and who is also interceding for us. Jesus is living. Our shepherd is alive. He's working on our behalf. And he's working in the single most important place he possibly could be, in the throne room of God, in the courtroom of God, interceding for us so that we may have a home to go to when we die. Is there anything more important that Jesus could be doing here? Do we really think that if he just took away this pain or this disease or this sadness or this depression or this worry about the future, this resentment from the past, do we really think that that's the goal of it all? Jesus is still working, still leading, still guiding, still working on our behalf, interceding with God for us. This is how he's a good shepherd. He, he came here to live a life, a perfect life in our place. He, he gave up, laid down his life for us to pay for our sins. He rose again to establish our justification and he's still in heaven arguing on our behalf for our justification the hired men, characteristically, through, throughout every era of history, their message to the flock has been, if you want to be saved, you've got to save yourself. From the, the, the Jewish leaders of Jesus' day to the, the Roman Catholic Church of Martin Luther's day to the, the self-help therapeutic past, mega-pastors of today, they're all placing the weight back on you. And Jesus is such a good shepherd that he says, I have done it all for you. It doesn't get any better than that, does it? If we ever do have a 
question or doubt about how good Jesus is as a shepherd. I think there's one reason for it. It's that we don't understand what our good shepherd came to do and what he is still doing in our lives. He didn't say that he came to kill off all the wolves. He didn't say, he didn't tell David, I have come to save you from ever experiencing pain or sorrow or loss. He didn't say, I came to destroy death so that you will never die. He didn't say, I came to build a bridge over the valley of death so that you won't have anything in the world to fear. He didn't say any of those things. And David understood that, didn't he? David confessed in Psalm 23 that the Lord didn't come to restore his, his family to peace or his finances to, to, to wealth or his happiness. He came to restore his soul. David recognized that, that the good shepherd didn't come to save him so he would never experience pain or sadness in this world, but so that he would get to experience life in the house of the Lord forever. That's what our good shepherd has come to do for us. Remember that. Remember the big picture. If your life in this world is pleasant, but you still end up going to hell, there's nothing good about that. But your good shepherd came to fix that. There's one last thing we, we can take from this picture of Jesus as our good shepherd. It's that we are sheep. And he's a shepherd, and sheep follow the shepherd. Just like Jesus had to go through Good Friday to get to Easter Sunday, so will we. We will have valleys and ravines and Good Fridays in our lives. They're unavoidable. But even as you're going through those times, remember these two things. Remember that when you're going through turmoil and trouble and pain and sorrow, it's not punitive. It doesn't pay for a single one of your sins. It doesn't have to because Jesus has already done that. Secondly, remember, it's not the goal. Jesus doesn't lead you into those valleys of life, those, those dark valleys filled with death. That's not the end goal. Your resurrection is. Your eternal life in the house of the Lord forever, that's the goal. That's where he is leading you. And it really doesn't get any better than that, does it? That is what our truly good shepherd wants for us, that is where he leads us. In the phrase, the good shepherd that Jesus uses, he doesn't use the, the normal, common Greek word for good. It's a, it's a word that, that can sometimes mean that something is beautiful, like aesthetically beautiful. When the disciples are walking with Jesus by the temple, they said, Lord, look at what magnificent stones are here, how good they are. But it, its primary sense is that of being useful or, or just the right fit. That's how I want you to think of Jesus being your good. He's just the right shepherd we need. Just the right one for sheep like us who tend to wander. Yes, sometimes he whacks us upside the head with his rod to get us back on the path. Sometimes he leads us through places we don't really want to go. But every day he is there. Feeding us, guiding us, leading us, directing us. That's why we come back here every week, isn't it? Isn't that why the Holy Spirit comes, brings you here week after week? It's really not to get simple, quick, easy answers to whatever issues you're facing today. 
You don't come here and you shouldn't come here to get 10 steps on how to have a better marriage or 12 steps to raising uh, well-adjusted kids. You come here to hear your good shepherd's voice in word and sacrament to be reminded that whatever's going on out there, whatever's going on in your life, Jesus is leading you through it. And the goal is heaven. The, the pit stops in this life may not be good. They may be terrible. But the goal where your shepherd is leading you is the Father's house so that you may dwell like David in the house of the Lord forever. So yes, Jesus is a good He's the best. He's better than anything we ever could have hoped for or dreamt of. Amen.